I want to welcome you to week two of our look together through the book of Luke, our survey of the book of Luke. We're going a chapter a day instead of a chapter a week, just so you can get a sense of the overall life of Christ and how he wants to work his life in your life and through your life. Last week, we began to look together at the birth of Jesus. Jesus and John are both born. And we began to look at the preparation for the ministry of Jesus. And then we saw the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. And as that ministry began, we, we start to see people divide between the changed and the unchanging, the back and forth. That started in chapter 5. It continues as we begin chapter 6. The changed look into Jesus Christ for new life. The unchanging growing more and more stubborn and self-focused. Chapter 6, verse 1. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and his disciples began to pick some heads of grain and rub them in their hands and eat the kernels. Some of the Pharisees asked, Why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Verse 6, On another Sabbath, he went into the synagogues and was teaching, and a man was there whose right hand was shriveled. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. Verse 10, he looked around at them all and he said to the man, stretch out your hand, and he did so, and his hand was completely restored. But they were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. Here the stubbornness and the selfishness of life is coming out. Now, by the way, the unlawful on the Sabbath wasn't that they were picking grain from somebody else's field. You could do that legally. It was that they were threshing that grain by rubbing their hands together. That was work, and you couldn't do that kind of work on the Sabbath day. Or the healing of somebody, that was work. You couldn't do that kind of work on the Sabbath day. You see that they're beginning to look for ways to accuse Jesus rather than looking for ways to follow Jesus. That's what happens. If you don't want to change, you begin to look for ways to accuse Jesus. And sometimes it's, it's his church that you accuse. Sometimes it's another believer that you accuse. You may have friends that do this. You may be doing this yourself, not even realizing what's happening. The truth of the matter is, you don't want to change. And when you don't want to change, you look for somebody to blame. That's what they were doing. They looked for ways to accuse Jesus. You either live a life following Jesus or accusing Jesus. That's what it often comes down to when you realize what he truly taught. The only people who can accept Jesus without really following him are those who don't understand what he taught. When you really read the challenge of the life of Christ, when you understand the challenge of living the new life, you realize you've got to choose for or against. Here are the unchanging, growing more and more stubborn, more and more self-focused. And then we have the changing, growing more and more committed and more and more Christ-focused. Verse 12 and 13, one of those days Jesus went up on a mountainside to pray and he spent the night praying to God. And when morning came, he called his disciples to him and he chose 12 of them. So there are many disciples following Jesus at this time. He chooses 12 specifically to be the first apostles. And the names are listed here. I'm not going to read through all of them. You know many of them, Peter and Matthew and John and Andrew and all those who are following Jesus Christ. In following Christ, they begin to now hear the teaching of Christ. As soon as he chooses them, now we go into a period of teaching. And in this teaching, we're going to hear together not the Sermon on the Mount, but what is called the Sermon on the Plain. You'll see in this sermon that we're about to look at that Jesus teaches many of the same things as he does in Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount, but also some different truths. And it's in a different place. It's not on a mountain. It's down on a level place. Why is this happening? Are they confused? No. There were no TVs in this day. There were no DVDs in this day. If everyone were to hear what Jesus had to say, he had to teach it multiple times. 
So one time he taught this truth up on a mountain, and another time he taught this truth down on a plane. And up on the mountain, he said certain things, and he added this in, and he told this story. Down on the plane, he said certain things, and he added a little different thing in. It's awesome to me to hear many of these truths of Jesus taught in two different places. In Matthew, you get the Sermon on the Mount. In Luke, you get the Sermon on the Plain. Verse 17, Jesus went down with them, and he stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there, and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, and from the coast of Tyre and Sidon. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you, when they insult you, and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how their fathers treated the prophets. Those are the blessings. They sound very familiar if you're familiar with the Sermon on the Mount, but that's not all that's in this sermon. In verse 24, Jesus says, But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for that is how... Their fathers treated the false prophets. In these verses, you get the blessings and you get the woes. Now, I don't know about you. (laughs) I want to live on the blessing side of life. I would guess that you do too. I don't want to live on the woe side of life. These are challenging verses. Woe to you who are rich, who are well-fed now. If I had a good meal yesterday, if I have some money in the bank, I am rich in this world. I'm well-fed in this world. Does that mean woe to me? If I depend on those things, it does. Woe to those, Jesus is saying, who depend on the things of this world and not on me. And the truth of the matter is, if you have some things in this world, it's easier to depend on those things. It's easier to grasp on those. They're right there. You you hold on to them. You think that's where my life is found. Woe to you, Jesus says, if you think that's where your life is found. Woe to you if everyone speaks well of you. If you're living life for just the approval of others around you, if you can't afford, you can't emotionally handle someone not speaking well of you, Jesus said, look out, look out. You're going to miss out on the life that I have for you. Jesus is talking here about the kind of life that he will give us to live as we trust in him. What does that life look like? Listen, verse 27 to 31. But I tell you, I tell you who hear me, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. What does this life look like? Verse 36, be merciful, just as your father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Verse 45, the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. What is the life that Jesus wants to give you, give me, look like? Verse 47, I will show you what it is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. 
He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Jesus is talking about the life that he's given us to live. Here's the key to understanding the Sermon on the Plain or the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is not talking about living a moral life. He's not talking about living a good life. Jesus is talking about living a holy life. Jesus is talking about living a Christian life. A moral life, a moral life is me keeping God's rules or God's principles on my own power. Now, depending on your upbringing, some of us can do pretty well at that. The Pharisees did. It's a life of depending on yourself. But in the end, Jesus says, woe to you if you're just depending on yourself. And blessed are you when you realize you must depend on God. A moral life is me keeping God's rules, God's principles on my power. A Christian life is the life of God lived out in me through the power of Jesus Christ. It is a life of depending on him. Let's pray together. Jesus, we pray to tell you our needs, but we also pray to let you know we need you. We depend on you. We need you not only for direction in life, we need you for power to live out that direction. Forgive us for those times when we try to live a principle-centered life, thinking we can just look at your teachings and then go do them on our own power. And give us instead a heart to live a Christ-centered life, a Christian life, seeing what you've taught us and then depending on you to live out that life that you've given us. Let that happen in my life and our lives today, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Tomorrow, we move from the teaching of Jesus to look together at the ministry of Jesus. Mm-hmm.